0: Welcome to episode 178 of The Local Meta, my name is Fletcher.
1: And I'm John.
0: John, how's it going tonight?
1: It's alright. I have a slight headache. Not really sure why, but... You know me. I tend to have headaches for some reason, I guess. Brain malfunctions and all that fun
0: stuff. (laughs) Probably tried to think about something too hard.
1: Hey now, there's nothing wrong with thinking about things... ...aggressively.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just like <laughs> get the image of you like sitting at your desk like thinking like Winnie the Pooh does. <laughs> <laughs> you know how he like sits there, like crossing his arms yeah. and like <laughs> he
1: like he like he's like hammering his chin into his yeah. hand thing think think think. think, think. think. <laughs> yep. Which is funny because my my standard sitting by myself pose at my desk is I have my shirt collar in my hand, and I'm, like, nomming on one of the seams. <laughs> so, like, I'm almost in that exact position.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're basically Winnie the Pooh.
1: Cuddly, will fly, stuff with love. Uh,
0: Alright. <laughs> so, uh, what's been happening, man?
1: Uh, not... Not too much. I have an interesting potential topic idea.
0: Oh, All okay. Right. Well, that's convenient.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> so this came about because um, me and my girlfriend finished watching um, that anime that I was making her watch.
0: because I Oh, was like the, the, the cooking one or whatever? Yeah, the
1: cooking one. And okay. we're currently watching the Great British Baking Show oh, as, yeah. epi- nope. as as episodes come out. Oh so, okay. So you know new, we're,
0: the current season.
1: Yeah, so basically we're okay. getting one episode a week, so we need something else to
0: watch. Okay. That show's dope by the way.
1: The show is excellent, <laughs> which
0: is ridiculous because I should not enjoy it, but we watched the old shows and oh my god, it's yeah. so good. But <laughs> it is it's better than it has any right to be. Any any right to be. It any right to be. Completely
1: honest with ourselves. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh so we're looking for things to watch. So I just started playing the Umbrella Academy.
0: You started watching it? Yep. Yep. It's okay.
1: like, well, so you know, you recommended it to me, Janelle yep. recommended it to me, you know, well, because she said it was also awesome. So it's like it's yep. basically a recommendation, right? Yeah. It's like, all right, we're gonna watch the Umbrella Academy. I start I start watching it. And something was said in it.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm not
1: gonna do any spoilers. Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> it's literally brand freaking new.
0: Yep. Or is it is this the the well, it's eh, well, there's two seasons, but yeah, there's two seasons. Enough. Seasons
1: two is brand new, and maybe yeah. it's because season two is out, I might start watching it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's new enough, yeah.
1: But one of the characters is talking to not one of the main characters, the side character. I think you only ever see her once. The mm-hmm. side character tells her, um, maybe you should just—I'm tr- paraphrasing—maybe you mm-hmm. should just try and find something that you're actually passionate about. Okay. And that got me thinking okay, about gaming, specifically. Mm -hmm. And I am not an overtly emotional person.
2: Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah.
1: But gaming does bring out emotions in me, and I am, as a result, passionate about gaming. Um, This is actually something that came up with the newest Pokemon expansion that came out, where um... I was reading spoilers for stuff that came out because I wasn't able to play it because I was busy and I was just like reading a thing online and they're talking about the new legendary bird, the new regional variants that they have. Mm -hmm. And like, they're like describing how it happens. And I was just sitting there at my desk and I got really freaking excited about it, you know, because like I am passionate about Pokemon apparently, which is not something I would have thought of five years ago. Right. (laughs) And it got me like it got me thinking along those lines of I'm not really someone who I don't personally feel as if I get passionate about any form of media. I tend to be very accepting of media that is either good or bad, right mm. I don't hate movies that a lot of people say are bad, and I don't love movies that a lot of people say are good. I tend to. I don't think there are any... You
0: media. like what you like, right?
1: Well, I like what I like, but I don't think there's any movie that is like, I could watch a hundred times, or there's any movie that oh, yeah. I could... I don't think there's... There are no sacred cows in, in media to me. There are no... Whatever the reverse of a sacred cow in media is to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoy them just for the sake of consuming them, as it were. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, when it comes to gaming, I tend to be a lot more passionate about gaming.
0: Yeah, I think it's just your thing too, and stuff like that. Like that kind of affects it too. Like I've um uh, I've had people kind of like I bust I bust Star Wars balls all the time, Mm -hmm. like about tons of stuff like that. And I know a lot of people don't appreciate me doing that ever. But um, but also like Star Trek is one of those things that I'll just accept anything they do, even if it's dumb.
1: Yeah, you're just (laughs) like this is fine, which. I really, really, really want you to see Star Trek Picard because of that. Because it is not very Star Trekky at all.
0: It doesn't bother me. I really enjoyed season one of um, Discovery, and everybody hated it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen
1: Discovery at all. I don't know. I don't know how Discovery oh. lines up along the lines of like how Star Trekky it is.
0: Man, it's I don't well I don't know. I liked I liked the story in general, yeah. and the one of the characters in it is just like. Just exactly my kind of character that I love, and <laughs> like a ton of quotable stuff from him too. For me, at least, but yeah,
1: yeah, I th- so. I, d- I definitely. I think I said this to you. I don't. Mm-hmm. I have no regrets about watching Star Trek Picard. I rarely have any regrets about watching any TV show mm-hmm. or movie, right? Because yeah. as I said, that's not how I consume media. Mm-hmm. But the very end scene of the final episode made, like, it of was vi- of Star Trek. Oh, Picard. Picard. Okay, yeah. It mm-hmm. was very next generation. It was, okay. And it actually elicited, like, an almost an emotional response out of me.
0: Almost an emotional response? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I'm still me, after all, right? I can yeah. only go so far. Mm-hmm. But it's like, the entire show is worth watching for just that scene.
0: Okay, I'd accept well, that.
1: Not the actual last scene, but the scene before the last scene. The last okay. scene was a one, like, it was probably one of the most predictable TV shows I've ever watched.
0: Okay, which like, is like, whatever.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, sure, whatever. It's I a, don't I, actually I, care. Yeah. You know, but it's like, you can see what's going to happen, but they, the, it's, they still do it well for what's mm-hmm. going to happen, right? Yeah. But like, this, like I said, the second to last scene is just fantastic
0: i have to watch it. You'll have to borrow it to me. I will. It's <laughs> but, okay, so where were we going with this whole point at first? Is, okay. is, there,
1: is there any style of game or game in general that you personally perceive yourself as being very passionate about?
0: Like, I don't know if there's a, like, I'm just I, I really love it as a whole like the games I love are the ones where that I get really like excited and passionate about are where when like the characters all mesh and everything if that makes sense you know uh-huh. like when the characters are doing things like I I we've sat here and jerked off for hours like probably longer than the game actually ran by now like about the Iron Claw game you know that I ran yeah yeah and like that game I'm still just like, and it had nothing to like it's one of those things that's like I, I feel like I have a part in it, but I, I I didn't do anything man. you know and like there's a number there's a few games like that where i I really enjoy the game uh for that, and i get exci- I get excited about the characters if that makes sense you know when there's when there's really good characters, that's what gets me excited, even if it's my game and stuff like that, you know, air quote's my game, like I'm more excited about how the characters act in the world. So, I like, mean, it's funny because I get excited for other people's things, you know, in that way. Yeah,
1: yeah like, when, when it's very similar in regards to actual gaming, gaming in that regard, mm-hmm. not, like, video gaming, as it were. Like, there, mm-hmm. that is definitely a thing where, if I am truly into a character and what the character is, represents, I tend to, I get, do, I do, tr- if my, that character's feeling an emotion, I will feel that emotion. Mm-hmm. It was a thing. I, it was a thing that I actually pointed out when I was playing um, Abigor my one mm-hmm. sorcerer character, yep. where he we like looted um, boots of levitation. Yeah, and for some reason he'd always wanted to fly. Yep, <laughs> and the boots basically granted him that ability. Pretty close, to, yeah. Because we we needed to ferry everyone up this giant, like two hundred foot chasm. Yep. And we either had climbing or I had boots of levitation. And I literally acted as a freaking elevator for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was something that I specifically pointed out. It's like, I don't float back down the chasm. I turn off the boots and fall and just turn <laughs> them on. Yep. You know, once I get to where I need to be. Because it elicited the, it would have elicited the feeling of flying in the character. And yeah. I, remember I personally, like, I could feel my face getting flushed from the excitement that my character would have been feeling.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, that's not something you normally think of when you think of D&D. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh,
0: yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like in my... In my gaming history, it's always been more about the... Well, not in my gaming history. When I when I kind of, like, hit that point where I matured as a gamer in some ways. Like... Like, I, can, I know the exact time, the exact place, the exact game when it happened. When I realized what gaming could be. And like when that, after that, that had happened it was all about character after that. It was, no, it was no longer about maps and items and rule books and anything and stuff like that. And once that hit and I started feeling things in the game, it was like, oh man like this is something. I think that's what got me hooked there, Because, but... you know it's like we we also like you know when I started out, I started out just like you, man, like <laughs> you know it was like you had stacks of d and d books and you know all that, but <laughs> and just played it based on there, and you designed stuff on the cool monsters and the sweet magic items and all that and everything, but yeah,
1: in my current in in my Modern defense of my younger self, you know, the 17 years ago mm-hmm. me, which is terrifying to think about. And right, this, I know. I was like that age when I first started buying TNT books. Yeah. <laughs> um I uh I still own a giant stack of D D books from the oh, yeah. current set.
0: Yeah, no problem. Fr- no no worries. <laughs> just
1: because I enjoy reading them just yeah. for what they are are.
0: Here's, so here's the deal. One, I, just, I want to qualify a few things. One, I'm not like criticizing Younger Us by any mean. Yeah. Like, and two, think about all the Shadowrun books I own that I've never used. <laughs> we we all have our vices. Yeah,
1: you literally have a shell of them.
0: I have two copies of, of Shadowbeat, I'm pretty sure, that I ended up with. Like, <laughs> I have two copies of the same book, but yeah. So...
1: Nothing wrong with having a gaming book vice. No, so, and that's yeah. In my opinion, that's just a sign of the people who made them and knowing how to make them interesting. Yeah, you know, like if a D and D book was boring to read, I wouldn't buy it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, at this point, I basically buy them as casual reading. So
0: yeah,
1: I mean, very, very it, it... expensive casual reading.
0: But <laughs> I mean, here's the deal: you got like. And like with Shadowrun books, it's like, in like d books, it's like, I never bought a DD book to be like, oh my god, this has the rule for the extra power attack that gives you plus two to, you know, like, it's never that stuff that's interesting. No. It's always the background and the flight and the stuff like that. Like, that's the Shadowrun books that I love are the ones like that. Like, I don't mind owning two copies of Shadowbeat because it is literally all about like culture in Shadowrun, like the culture in Shadowrun, like music and art and Stuff like that, and like, what was it, she, uh, Seattle twenty seventy seven or something like that? Like,
1: uh, yeah, I think I bought that one too.
0: Yeah, I think I think that was the one that I actually was like, uh, like I, I think I bought the special edition of that one or something like that. I don't remember, but I got that one because it was all just like flavor crap, basically. Like, I don't think there was a rule in the damn book, you know? Uh, like,
1: yeah, there, there isn't. That it is pure, like. pure fluff yeah it's just pure fluff
0: Pure fluff. like and i love it like that's the stuff that i want though it's like i don't want to buy a bunch of different systems core books just to have core books of different systems i already have cortex why do i need different ones yeah but
1: if everything you could ever need in that one book
0: basically man like i i can just hack that system however i want apparently there's a new version of cortex that just came out by the way
1: how do you upgrade on what is already almost perfection?
0: I know, right? Well, so they have Cortex, and then they did Cortex Plus, which is the one we played with mm. the, that was very, like, perk-heavy, if that makes sense. Right. And now they have Cortex Prime is what it's called, I think. So I want to look at it and see what it is, but, like, original <laughs> Cortex is still my jam.
1: So is it just somehow more trimmed down than actual Cortex?
0: I don't know if they trimmed it down or if they found a good balance between uh, plus, and pr- plus and the original. All right. Because, like, the original is, like, still my favorite. Because it's mechanical enough to be useful, but still fluffy enough to where you can squish it however you want. That's a
1: good thing.
0: Yeah. But...
1: So is there any... Is there any video game style of thing that you personally perceive yourself as being passionate about?
0: Uh, yes. Um, I love, I love games that make you feel things. All right. That is, so... I, I, I've raved about this game a hundred times and calling it a game is is loose, but I still think um, To the Moon is a game that the vast majority of people should play. As adults, I think. I think they should play it when they're like, older, if that makes sense. Or, or multiple times, just to, to feel something different with it. Interesting. Like, it is one of those games where it's like, It, it, it just makes you stop and ask questions about your life. Like, and, and that's what I really, really enjoy. And I like the fact that they're bending the idea of what a game is by removing a lot of the elements of a game. And actually putting some elements of games in there to make fun of games. Like they put a fake RPG scene in it to make fun of the fact, to make fun of RPGs.
1: Oh, it's not very nice to make fun of
0: things. Well, they deserve to. <laughs> Otherwise, if there's one, I'll, also actually, I'll, I'll say this too. If there's another game, uh, there's some other games I'm passionate about too. Like, I don't know if it's a kind, but like, I still, it just think, like, Chrono Trigger is the best game ever made. Yep. I will, I will fight people on that, like hands down. Uh, I think, I think um you know I, I get really excited about um secret of mana because of the emotional connection with that game uh, like it just like there there's certain songs i can hear from that game and i can see myself sitting on the floor like in my parents basement with my brother playing that game you know and it's just like and it feels good every time you know uh, it's just it's one of those games that just makes me super happy and like Earthbound is another one of those games like that. Like Super Nintendo games, I have the super good feelings about because there's a lot of nostalgia there. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, Earthbound is another one of those games. I think I need I, I need to play through that game again um, because I think it's one of those games that you play through it, and as you play through, and as you play through it at different periods of your life and different, with different amounts of understanding, you get more out of that game. Like when I played through it for the first time, I was I was younger and stuff like that, and it was just a really cool game. And there's a lot of goofiness and you know you don't realize a lot of what's going on. And I played through parts of it being older, and it hits you completely different. Like the the game looks like a cartoon, obviously, is it the the what was the joke Yahtzee made about it? It's like um Cthulhu meets Snoopy or something like that. Um, or, yeah, Peanuts or whatever, and so you have this, like, cartoonish look and everything, and all the characters are saying, all the, like, NPCs are saying insane things. But behind it all, like, when when you, like, get older and everything, that kind of, you start seeing the the things behind everything. You start seeing the real world behind it, and, like, the real... like, parts of life and stuff like that, and, and how how things are fit together and how scary it is actually like it's 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 kind of a really scary game when you really like stop like when you're older and start looking at it and everything and how everything looks kind of cute on the outside but behind it and everything there's all these things that are just heavy and kind of foreboding like I mean, the game's, just, the game's just amazing regardless, but like, I mean, I think that was the, po- the, the point of it was when the, when the guy made it, it was, it was a game about growing up in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, when he made the game and everything, like, that's why the, like, you know, you play through this whole game in one way, and then when you get to the last part of the game and fight the final boss, it's completely different from the entire rest of the game. It makes absolutely no sense and it is literally like like he kind of explained like his influence at one point and basically literally said he's like that's the point in your life when you're a kid and you finally lose that innocence and end up in the real world in some ways it's the game is the game is phenomenal it is one of those games like some of the like mechanical pieces have not aged amazingly but like the I mean,
1: most games from back then have not. Oh aged. yeah, so not not everything can be, cr- be. Yeah,
0: not everything can be Chrono Trigger. Yes. Um, and age perfectly after all these years, which is, well, not perfectly, but amazingly well. Um, but like, I don't know. Like, like that, that game is like thesis worthy. Is with with how much density there is in it. In it with like, just life. <laughs> I don't know. It's just bizarre. Like, the game is so cool. I See, I, See, this is what I'm talking about, how excited I get about that game. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas, like, Chrono Trigger is just a super solid story with interesting characters, and the pacing of that game is better than any game that has ever been put out. So,
1: the, 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 so this whole... Your whole thing reminded me of a thing that I read on Twitter, like, a week uh. ago. Mm-hmm. And it was from some dumb shit politician i don't even remember who he was it
0: doesn't matter that's very non-specific it could be yeah, any I know in the entire world <laughs> like,
1: he was responding to another politician that was insulting video games you know uh-huh. saying video games are terrible and all that yeah and the guy the politician responded he's like yeah if you're like you know if you enjoy playing madden go and actually play football you know if you enjoy playing uh a uh, skateboarding game. Go and buy an actual skateboard, and it resulted in this: a bunch of people quote tweeting him with like super sarcastic shit. It's like, enjoy playing Modern Warfare. Go join the military. I mean... You 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 enjoy playing fantasy. Get a plastic sword and go mur- and go kill a neighborhood dog. It's like people <laughs> people got insane with it. But it's like uh... I. Like I said, I enjoy ingesting all media. I do enjoy yep. movies. I enjoy television. They do elicit, you know, responses out of me. Mm-hmm. I have never felt a stronger response about something that I have about video games.
0: Oh man, yeah, it's like, it's funny how how that does it too. And like, and maybe it's like, you know, there's been been books where I've had really strong emotional responses, but like, and maybe it's just because I haven't read as much as some people have. -hmm. But like as a whole, I feel like video games are video games are one of those things where they really can hit me.
1: As someone who's read multiples of the classics in books, Mm -hmm. they don't tend to elicit that much of a response out of me. You know, I I'll defend a Moby Dick for not being as bad as our friend Dan says it is. It's still not good, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but. Like, when it comes to video games, you know, like, most of my things that, for me, are almost must-plays tend to be a more must-play in a negative sense, which might show my psyche to a degree. But, like, I think, I think it, uh, one of, if people, if someone really, really enjoys a third-person shooter or the shooter genre, I think they should play (laughs) Spec Ops The Line.
0: I was like, I'm like, you're either going to mention Bioshock or Spec Ops The Line. (laughs) Like,
1: I was say. If if someone enjoys playing games, they should play Bioshock.
0: Bioshock period. is a good game.
1: Period. Mm-hmm. I don't care yeah. who you are, you should play Bioshock. Bioshock is the perfect example of a game as a media eliciting a purely emotional response out of you.
0: Yeah, like totally. If you can
1: play that game and not feel <laughs> anything, you're dead inside.
0: Yeah, like or at least not be like, whoa. Like even if it's that much or anything, like you don't have to be like us and poop our pants when something sneaks up on you. Yeah, (laughs) but like, but like, yeah, the Uh, the spider
1: spicers, man.
0: uh, I I tell you that like the thing that creeped me out was the one time I was like sneaking around one place and it was like, you know, you're like in the dark and all of a sudden you hear one of the spicers like wandering around dragging their hook singing Jesus loves me, and I'm like, (laughs) 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 but like, um. Spec Ops, the line is that game, it's unfortunate that that game was so overlooked.
1: Yeah, like, I guess like, the thing: a lot of people are like, "Oh man, this is a very middling shooter."
0: They're they're hundred percent right.
1: Yeah, they're hundred percent right, but that's not why you play that game.
0: Nope, you don't play the game because of the mechanics. It's just like Bioshock. You don't necessarily play it because of its excellent shooting capacity in some yeah. ways. Yeah, I like, think
1: Bioshock is a I would, yeah, I would say for its time, Bioshock was probably above average.
0: Well, I, I still think it's above average. I don't think it's a bad shooter by any means, but I no. don't think it's like you're not playing. It's not like you know the first time you play like some of the amazing shooters that have come out. You know, yeah, like I'm, I'm trying. To, like I, I, all I can think of in my head is like original half. Like like the first time you play that game and you're like, God damn. you know, like. Bioshock has some of some of that, like just with the aesthetic and everything. Like what Bioshock lacks in its mechanical execution, it makes up for in everything else. <laughs> you know, and and I'm not saying it's like 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 if C is solid average, like a game that you'd play and you're like, yeah, okay, that was fine. Like its mechanics are probably like a C plus, but like its atmosphere is like an A plus. <laughs> like you know. And like all that, like all that stuff. But I'm I'm
1: confused. Are we talking about Bioshock or are we talking
0: about Half Life? Uh, Half Life is an amazing game that broke ground. But okay, I'm talking about Bioshock. Yeah, sorry.
1: Yeah, atmospherically speaking, Bioshock is
0: insane. But yeah.
1: yeah, I recommend playing it at mm-hmm. night.
0: Yeah, in a dark room. I don't. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, Inspectors <laughs> the Line was one of those things where it was like. It was just kind of another modern warfare shooter in a lot of ways. Although the, I, I did like the universe it was set in, that was kind of in, like it was, it was interesting enough. Yeah. Um. But like the it's one of those it's one of those games. It's one of the um. There weren't a lot of them at the time where it was one of those very meta games, if that makes sense. Like the game wasn't was was talking to the character in the game, but it was actually talking to you, the player. Yes. You know, in a lot of ways. Like and. It's telling you something that is so counterintuitive to what we believe as gamers that it was almost it, it was kind of upsetting in some ways you know not even the content of the game but the message the game was trying to portray
1: if if you are someone who can play spec ops align and not look at the game like modern warfare differently as a result yeah same thing I said about Bioshock. You must be dead inside. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, itch, you have to itch. at least...
0: And I'm not, we're not talking about, like, completely, like, m- taking your worldview and throwing it out the window or anything. No. But make you just stop and, and have a slight moment of introspection and be like, hmm. Yeah, I mean... Okay, I, I get what you're saying now. but then, And then you just go back to murdering, yeah. you know, Nazis or Arabs or whatever the heck the game's having you kill this time that- but I mean, me and you both started grinding
1: Modern Warfare after playing oh, Back yeah. Up the Line, right? Like, mm-hmm. we yeah. still did
0: what we do. Yeah.
1: But you but... know, if if you sit down and think about the two games, it should make you go, "Oh,
0: hmm. yeah, yeah." You know, and, I, I mean, th- I think one of the things that Spec Ops Line made me think too is is my part as a player in the games, even if it's even if I'm not projected into that game, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Like I'm playing a character, but like. You know, uh, like I got really, you know, like I, I obviously go down the philosophical rabbit hole, and it's like, you know, what, what does, what does the story mean if I, if, if I don't play it, or what does the story mean if I do play it, and like, how, you know, like how, how does this affect me and all that stuff? But like, you know, like how, like how these actions and stuff are affecting me and everything. Um, on this, on that note, it's funny enough that we're gonna link Spec Ops the Line in this game, but um Undertale. <laughs> <laughs> You've never played that, have you?
1: I have never played it, but I've seen enough stuff about
0: it to... I would highly recommend playing it regardless. Um mm-hmm. it is a phenomenal game. Uh it really really is. Um un- unfortunately it's one of those things where I think I think there were certain uh people in its community that got a hold of the community and sort of were awful human beings, but Which is funny for a game that's basically about not being an awful (laughs) human being. It's about acceptance, and you know, like, just to like, referencing Fear the Boot. If there's any game that can make John Carana not want to kill kobolds, like that means something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? But (laughs) Uh like, I think that I think that was the Fear the Boot episode where the audio got screwed up and it was bad. Kind of like. One of our things, but they're like, this the conversation was so good they had to post it. like, and, yeah, I don't know. Undertale is one of those games that makes you stop and think about how like your interactions with games and your interactions with other pretend beings, if that makes it and other and people outside of that, too, and everything, you know, used- like. Yeah. Isn't
1: like the first two fights in the game are just complete swerves?
0: Uh yeah, pretty much I think.
1: Like one you I don't... how old is Undertale? Are we allowed to do spoilers for it?
0: Like if you're going to play it, I want to talk ab- I want to talk about it, but all right, we'll just we'll just put it out. So if here's the deal. If you're going to play Undertale, go just go play Undertale, go buy it. It it is worth it 100%. Shit, it's worth it to just buy the game and walk through the game to listen to the soundtrack because the soundtrack is that goddamn good like i have the soundtrack and it's one of those things i just have songs on my playlist because it's that dope Mm -hmm. um also it has replay value but um so we're gonna spoil undertale so just deal with it all right isn't it like
1: the first the very first guy you meet who's supposed to be your friend ends up stabbing you in the back immediately immediately and then like the next fight after that you basically commit murder unintentionally
0: uh no you're told to spare Okay. Um, like, like so. So the flower teaches you how to kill people, and then yep. Toriel shows up and teaches you how to like talk to the talk to the enemies and get them to leave and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I so I did one one playthrough of Undertale. Uh, I was I I was going for a pacifist route because I kind of knew some of the end the the end and stuff like that. But I'm uh. I ended up killing one enemy. Uh, Which completely,
1: I say completely ruins the the pacifism run.
0: It completely ruined me, uh, because it was Toriel.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot that's a thing you can do at the end.
0: Uh, at the beginning, she's oh, the first. She's the first boss.
1: Oh, it's literally her.
0: Yeah, she's the first boss. Uh, Asgore is the final boss, and <laughs> you you actually have to fight him. Um, you can't. There's well you cannot fight him i think but i think in all the route, in in all the routes you have to fight him in some capacity you can't Dang. spare him um, so so the thing is is if you don't kill anything either it makes that fight harder like a lot harder um, mm-hmm. so i had a lot of trouble with it but um like so cuz i didn't know how to spare Toriel. and basically you just sit there and don't do anything but um I accidentally killed her and it almost broke me. Like <laughs> I was I was very upset. Um because like do you know anything about that point in the game? No. So basically I... she basically she finds you in the runes and takes you into her house, which is like a, just a normal nice house underground. And like feeds you pie and takes care of you, you know, wants to take care of you and everything and like all this stuff. And then you go and try to leave and continue on your quest because that's what the game is kind of telling you to do, you know? Uh.
2: Um,
0: Which you don't have to. Spec ups the line. You have the choice to stop playing. Um, But she's like, you're going to have to fight me then, you know? And you can fight her and beat her. But the way you spare her is actually... So if you take a certain amount of damage from her... um, have you seen the combat system of the game?
1: Uh, you just like
0: okay. dodge pellets, yeah, it's right? It's a bullet hell game basically. Yeah. yeah. So like when you take a certain amount of damage um, those bullets that are coming down at you from her will intentionally avoid your character, your little heart. So you have to try really really hard to die to her.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's almost impossible. And the way you spare her is just keep going through that and eventually she'll just stop. <laughs> but I didn't wait long enough. But, like, she will literally try to not hurt you. And I ended up killing her. And I felt awful. (laughs) Like, it was one of those things. Because then the first time you you go through the door and you meet Sans, um, one of the skeletons, you know, that everybody loves. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he tells you, it's like, yeah, he's like, I ended up at this, you know, door on the end of the forest there and stuff like that. And, um, you know, knocked on it one day and somebody spoke through it. And and we started telling jokes to people. So I'd keep visiting the door and we'd talk to each other and stuff like that. And he's like, then all of a sudden the the, the talking stopped after you came through. And it's like savage. <laughs> Dude, it is Yeah, it was it's one of those things that's like, oh my God. But and like yeah, 'cause like the and the strange thing like the thing that makes you think about your context in the game and everything is is that like you know, as you kill enemies, if you do that, um, the towns get less populated. Like, characters will actually, like, disappear from them and everything as you kill monsters. And, you know, it, it's it's really, really weird. And, like, a lot of the, the like, boss characters know each other and stuff like that. So, you know, you can... Like, they'll be affected by that and everything. So it's it's a really, really interesting, like perspective on violence and solving problems if that makes sense mm-hmm. like you know I'm I'm not one of those people that like believes that violence is never the answer kind of thing like I'm a you know understand un, avoid using force then understand when you have to kind of person like mm-hmm. practical person in some ways asshole or whatever I don't know whatever you want to call me but like Seeing the game like that makes like frames things in a really good way. Like I don't know, it's I It was it, it was a really good game at at like looking at like human relationships from the perspective of monsters, I guess, and everything. I don't know. The game is great. Uh, like people should go play it. It's honestly what it is though. Truck. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the ones that, that one of the ones I have up there, up there. But you see, these are the games that I that I really like. You know, the ones that talk about something like that and and make you fe- make you feel and experience something in a safe environment. Like that's what I like, you know, and that's why I love tabletop gaming too. Is because you can take these sort of really heavy things and kind of and and touch on them and experience them and everything. You know, and without without yeah.
1: truly experiencing them.
0: Exactly, you know, and but and, and it helps you understand things, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly and everything. Okay. You know, as I said, like uh, you know playing playing the character Jast was a very interesting experience for me because I didn't get that mentality before that. The mentality of, you know, wanting to be so in control and everything. Yeah. And wanting to hurt people as a means of feeling powerful, if that makes sense. Like I didn't, I didn't understand that and play, playing a character like that really opened my eyes and made me much more introspective of myself, you know, trying to understand is like, you know, it's one of those things. I, and, and one of the scary things I always say is it's like every character is a little bit of you. So playing a character that is just pure, f- Freaking evil, like you know, is kind of scary and everything. But understanding that, I feel, has actually really made me better in some ways, and much more, and introspective on some of the some of the a lot of things, you know. But
1: you yeah, know one one point of interest from our evil game, as it's referred to as, yeah, is Lords of that, Badness. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, the, the Lords of Badness game. Is the fact that both of our characters were, we were after power, just with very, very different means. Yeah, you know, like my, you know, my plan was basically for my character to become be, to become a pseudo drug addict, but you know, his he wanted um, power over people, you yep. know. But from a mental standpoint, he wanted them to yep. do what he wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. Jess wanted power over people from a physical standpoint.
0: Yes, he wanted to. He wanted to control people, and he wanted to, people to to fear him. Is yeah. what it was in some ways. He wanted to have power like that, you know. And and that's what it was. And he, like he, he he that character is almost too real in some scary ways. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I think that's what's so unnerving about it because it's like if you look into real life. Like, like he's very much modeled after people that are probably in prison right now. Like, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Like, yeah, he's he is just absolutely awful. But yeah, it's just. <sighs> but, I, don't know.
1: I I will say that it's kind of I do truly think that in regards to that game and the premise behind that game mm-hmm. and like Tim wanting to run the game me and you might be the only people who made proper characters for that game
0: yeah like i I think we were the at least the only ones who were like like he's asking like make really evil characters and like i think everybody else is like all right we'll turn it up to like we'll turn it up pretty high and we're like 11 (laughs) like yeah
1: like i do think your character is more evil than mine because you were more overt about it
0: yeah, I think I think if you just like looked at the game and were like like who is the who is the worst person in this, this entire game? Like, you know. Like if you had to execute one of these people to make the world better, like overall most who would you do it? Like he would be the pick easy, like Yeah. Just, beca- <laughs> just because he's like like literally tortured people in one game. Like and there's like other things that have happened that I, yeah, I don't even want to talk about like He's just ugh. Ugh. Yeah, everyone else no.
1: was just like kind of selfish and like, like they're, they're like, like un- they're basically yeah. a D and D party, yeah. Slightly more rude about things.
0: Yeah, they're like they're like a D and D villain in some ways.
1: Meanwhile, I was trying to figure yeah. out the best way to murder your character before you murdered me.
0: <laughs> that was <laughs> that was a fair point. Considering I did execute one person right in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> And you did
1: shoot, try and shoot me in the head. Did I? You were, you were high at the time.
0: No, that makes sense.
1: Because I, I, I slapped Christina's character, and you and her were both high at the time, and you put the gun against my head saying, what the hell is wrong with you? And to protect myself, I called up a Shadow Armor, which yep. made you flinch and pull the trigger because I suddenly was encased in Shadow Armor. Oh, yeah. Which is a fair thing. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, my AC was uh, literally like one point higher than your roll was. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I feel like your character would reasonably shoot me in the head. My best bet for not getting shot in the head was doing that spell, which yep. was going to make you shoot me in the head.
0: Yeah. I, that seems like a pretty legit thing, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. That. You were that was also, an interesting game
1: <laughs> so you were also directly responsible for another character's person's another person's character
0: getting tortured
1: to death oh
0: yeah, I forgot about that I t- Tim, Tim was throwing me a bone on that one too because yeah. that player cheated a bunch yeah and you they would you fake- just-
1: you framed her, which was funny. Yeah,
0: I framed another. I framed another player. That was so awesome. Yeah, oh, and then he you had her executed.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you got her character put in a position that no 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 amount of nat twenties will ever get you out of.
0: Yep. It's like yeah, try cheating your rolls out of this one. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: That that's one thing that tilts me out though more than anything to like, cheat cheating in a tabletop role playing game. Yeah. Because like, that's we said, it's like why why it's 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 cheating in solitaire is basically basically the thing like you know we're all doing this together we're all playing the same game you know like we're all trying to tell the same story like let's just do it man like uh,
1: i am i am 100% someone who would use a
0: dm screen because of the amount of
1: information that is on the set dm screen right like yeah. just having it just easily available and all that stuff but mm-hmm. i can't use one because then you guys couldn't see my roles and I am 100% the dice say what happens.
0: The deal though, if you had a DM screen and like rolled dice, like you could roll like two M&Ms behind your screen and like be like, "Oh yeah, they they hit." And we'd be like, "Okay."
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> cuz like there's nothing about me that would make you guys be like, "Yeah, John might fudge rolls" cuz I don't fudge rolls. If the rolls are going to kill you, I will oh, do I... everything possible to make them not kill you.
0: I fudge shit all the time. <laughs> all the time. All the time. Dice are, the, the dice rolls are a suggestion. <laughs> like I try to be consistent with things. You know, like mm-hmm. if, if we're playing like like D D things are so much more codified. Like if you guys know what the AC is, obviously I'm not gonna lie to you about the AC. I'll roll stuff up on top of the yep. On top over the screen or something like that. But there's there's been a couple times where I've either given you guys like a bonus to make things more interesting and not have you get steamrolled, or I've done it in reverse too where I've done some like given the enemy like a thing where they don't take a hit or something like that or or like buffer a hit a little bit and stuff like that to make it more interesting too. Like I'm never out to get you guys, but like I feel like if you just walk in and like just like slam your dick on the head of every enemy and they die, like it's just not a fun game. Uh-huh. But at the same time, if they're like kicking you in the nuts until you fall over dead every single time, that's just not fun either. So, like, I, I want to, I'm trying to balance that and everything. Like, I'm not like Chad level where he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I have no idea what enemy, like, he's like, yeah, I've never tracked hit points in a game ever. I just let, like, let the fight go until it feels like it should reach a natural conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> Which is brilliant. <laughs> have you ever had, uh, have you ever
1: personally made a character that stats only existed in your mind? And as the game went on, you've lowered those stats because you, you were, realized you're going to ping and murder everyone?
0: Ah, uh, I do it more in Shadowrun and Cortex just because it's easier, as you said. But like, uh, I know I've created enemies where I'm like, all right, they have. I'm like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure they have like a like, you know, a D8 and a D10 of of whatever for this roll or whatever, and they just bitch slap you to hell. So I'm like, all right, we're gonna dial that back a notch or two. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I did that in the
1: the last 40k game I ran. Because, like, I, I wanted the character to be one that was going to, like, push you guys to the edge, maybe kill one or two of you just to show you how ridiculously, like, powerful that particular <laughs> enemy was.
0: And we got kicked in the balls, didn't we?
1: I didn't even... I was literally going to give it regeneration. Oh, you... And I'm just like, like we're, as you guys are fighting, I'm like, they're doing almost nothing to it. Yeah. I should not give it regeneration.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cuz
1: the entire premise behind it was the creature could basically change its shape as will. I had I had a plus 20 to either strength, speed or toughness that mm-hmm. I could move around as I wanted every oh, every turn. Every turn. Which means yeah. it was either going to always hit you first, it was going to hit you really freaking hard or it was going to be a tank. And it yeah. was entirely, all of those depended on what was currently going on. Like, it started with mm-hmm. speed. Um, once it got close to you, it transitioned to strength, because it wanted to just break you in half. Yeah. And then once you started to win, it was going to switch over to the Fortitude. And it was also going to have, like, two or three points of just fast healing. It will just heal at every turn. Uh, and I'm just like, as this fight's going on, like, you're just you, just like, like guys, nope. <laughs> you guys just couldn't even hit it then when you did hit it, you hit it for, like, five. it's like, no. No, it's like... It. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're just gonna... One of the perks of literally having all of my game stuff in my mind is I can just be like, well, that doesn't exist anymore. Let's just...
0: <laughs> See, here's, the, here's the thing, though, that people don't realize, too. Just because you have something written down doesn't mean you can just be like, scratch that line and move on with your life. Oh, yeah. Or just completely change stuff. It like, would be... The, the ex- yeah, so it,
1: it would be a lot harder in something like D anD D to just be like, yeah, oh, this troll eh. doesn't have regeneration,"
0: because eh. that's the thing that trolls have. Right? I get it. Yeah, like I feel like you could do something though, or have something happen. It's like I don't yeah. know. Like it's so easy to just like scratch lines and stuff like that. I always just think of the thing in um uh, uh the the Legion game where you came across that little girl, mm-hmm. and you're like, I think you. It was you in particular. You're like she's a goddamn demon like you're like i know she's a friggin' demon like and i'm like looking at my notes and basically like in big red letters it's like she's a demon you know i'm I'm like scratch that one it's a girl it's a little girl now you're gonna have to take care of a little girl (laughs) like here's the thing though right Mm -hmm. random little girl
1: abandoned in the middle of a demon apocalypse being a demon is literally the most cliche demon ever Oh, I know, I know, one hundred percent, right? You, you have the creepy little girl with the glowing yellow eyes, and you have a literal Satan standing next to each other. I'm gonna trust him more than the little girl, <laughs> right? Because she'll yeah. eat me in my sleep.
0: Yep. But <laughs> yeah, and honestly, the funny thing is, is I made that change, and I think the game was actually more interesting doing that instead of the other way. Yeah. Like, it was it's just that, one of those funny things, but yeah. Because
1: then we had to care for a small child.
0: Yeah, for a while at least, but, you know.
1: <laughs> All I can I think know. of is the... From... What's it, Supernatural with the Winchester Brothers?
0: Pro, yeah, that's the one.
1: Yeah, Supernatural, like, that specific girl with the pure white eyes who just, like, snaps the girl's grandfather's neck when he, like, says something rude to her.
0: I don't remember that. What season was that? Like, 20? it was later on okay i'm we haven't gotten that far so yeah there's just so many so many episodes (laughs) i stopped
1: i was actually getting really into the season where um it was like actual satan was like he was like he had like just dug up one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse It was, like, death or something.
0: It's been a long time. I I don't recall much of what happened with a lot of it, but...
1: Yeah, but, like, I I remember that... I I was actually really into that scene, because it was was really interesting to me that they were actually playing, like, the way that the... What they were referencing was really interesting to me. Like, I really enjoyed how they portrayed... like the seven deadly sins and then like the mm-hmm. the horseman of war was really interesting to me because he just elicited rage in people and he drove a red cadillac. <laughs> it was <laughs> like I really really enjoyed the, the portrayal of sure. the four horsemen but I I just stopped watching after that and I just never had a desire to watch anymore.
0: You know so funny thing about the Legion game, um, I don't know if it was noticed at all, but one of the things I specifically tried to avoid in that game was the common mysticism surrounding a biblical apocalypse.
1: You just you specifically would not put any of like the four horsemen in there or anything?
0: The four horsemen are actually in, in, in the Legion universe. Oh they were uh, right. they 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 function more like forces of nature though than they are. Oh people.
1: yeah. Cause we encountered pestilence or we quotations encountered yep, pestilence. pestilence, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. Uh
0: just- yeah. <laughs>
1: 'Cause they were just walking along, killing the grass. And we're just yep. like, we're gonna stay the half away from that thing.
0: Yep. Um, but like I specifically avoided doing any of the like, you know, like this spell like gets rid of deep, like like there's no magic. Per- mm-hmm. Purposely did that. Like this spell does this thing, and like um, you know, demons do this and that, and like 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 a lot, like there's a lot of the stuff I just got rid of. And um uh, because I, w- I I don't know why, but I specifically wanted to avoid all of that stuff because i I think because I found it generally annoying um <laughs> but I mean and like, playing, I don't know
1: playing to the cliches like sometimes like the cliches exist for a reason, and other yeah. times it's just like this is just a little too cliche, right
0: but, yeah, well, some of it is was mechan- like you know avoiding certain mechanical things and everything and stuff like that like and and part of it, too is this, I want like i avoided actually like making it so the game does anything with that but i also wanted people to try and think that those things work mm-hmm. eventually and create that sort of um like the rumors Ex- and the like the yeah.
1: expectation subversion yep. and all that stuff mm-hmm.
0: yeah cuz Cause like cause like the funny thing so with the with the area with pestilence and everything like um I don't remember who it was, but you guys had to like cross that, basically. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if, you guys, if you guys stayed in it, nothing would have happened to you unless you thought something would happen to you. <laughs> like, as weird as that sounds, I specifically designed it so that the belief that this is bad and will cause something bad to happen to me would actually give you a mechanical penalty in the game. Fascinating. Yep. <laughs> um... Uh, which actually is an entire I, I like, and I actually uh, used that mechanic in a few other places where, if like, or that was a mechanic I was trying to use in a few other places to where, like, if you believe, basically, if you believed this this super superstitious or supernatural thing about this, it would actually negatively affect you. Then um, basically,
1: the belief is what gave it yeah. power.
0: Yeah, and actually the the I came up with that me- that mechanical thing from one line of the song from Legion, the song Legion. <laughs> but um so But yeah, so like I don't know, that was just a weird thing I did with that game, but
1: so kind of related but mostly tangential. Mm-hmm. Yep. I really really enjoy seeing different people's perceptions and ways that they choose to portray uh concepts like the four horsemen
0: yeah that's the one like uh i think the one we talk about is uh like satan himself like how how he's portrayed in different media and everything my Mm -hmm. favorite one is i can't remember what show it was but he's like a businessman basically
1: uh you're talking about lucer show? no not that one that one i've never seen are you talking about the 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 one where like the kids, the Grim Reaper or something? Yeah, that one. Yeah, the
0: Grim Reaper. That's what it is, actually. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, was... like Death and the Grim Reaper is one I really really like, but
1: one that's always stuck out to me. Did you ever play through the entire Darkness game? Or the game the Darkness.
0: Yeah. Okay, you. I think at least I remember the very end of it at least. And um, I I forgot the main character's name. Well, the main character shoots himself. Yeah,
1: and he goes into the what is essentially a hell. While the I don't remember any of this, but okay, yeah. And you, and you I've, I've well, beat
0: the game because I remember at the end you like shoot yourself basically. Yeah, a second time. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, but uh, are you talking about the original Darkness or Darkness Two?
1: The original Darkness. Okay,
0: that's the one I'm thinking of because don't like you're in this like place and there's like this mob boss there or something like that, right? Or like this dude that you're supposed to kill.
1: That's at the end. You're killing the the mob boss who is responsible for killing your girlfriend.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Because he's scared of you.
1: Because you're infested by a demon.
0: Yeah. Pretty much right.
1: Um, but uh, when when your girlfriend gets killed, you grab a gun and put it in your mouth. You know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, while the darkness is rebuilding your body, you end up in this hellscape, and like you awaken. And there's zombie Nazis shooting Allied forces in the head, just executing them. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Yeah. Eventually, so then you end up fighting. You fight through an army of zombie Nazis to get into the point where you can be reborn, right? Mm-hmm. But they they have embodiments of the Four Horsemen there while this whole thing is going on, mm-hmm. and you slowly encounter them one by one. And I've 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 always enjoyed the way they portrayed them. Where like mm-hmm. the first one you encounter is um, famine, mm-hmm. which is just like a completely wasted away corpse crucified on uh, it's like a Blair Witch Project style
0: crucifix, okay.
1: right? And then like you advance a little further around, you like walk out into this farm, and that's where you encounter pestilence. And pestilence is like a diseased horse, and there's a mm-hmm. bunch of other diseased horses, flies everywhere. And the embodiment of war is one of those giant freaking um, railway cannons from World War II that the Nazis were, like, so big on. Where they (laughs) were so big, you couldn't transport them via anything other than the railroad. But they were utterly gigantic. They shot, like, they shot shells the size of cars. It was ridiculous. (laughs) And, like, I've for some, and, like, and the first time you encounter each of these things, like, you you hear the darkness just say, like, in your mind, you know, that's, like, it's, like, oh, famine, pestilence, and they're, like, and he's just, like, war, and right as he says war, this giant cannon shot goes off, and it's, like, if anything is, is a good, um, a not psychological aspect, but if anything is, like, a good example of what war is that isn't, you know, Some dude riding a red horse. One of the most ridiculous weapons from World War II, but like somehow even bigger is just such a good example. Like I love how they (laughs) portray. I love how they just portray. They portray the four horsemen as concepts, and in the entire thing, you I don't think you ever actually encounter death unless you yourself are supposed to be death. Because I think the whole premise is everything around you is already death. Yeah. You know, like you don't de- you don't need to see an embodiment of death when there is literally, like the literally mm-hmm. the first thing you see is an Allied soldier getting shot in the head. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was thinking about this when you, you because you, mm-hmm. you're reminding us that we encountered you know your mm-hmm. embodiment of pestilence.
0: Yep. Which yeah. is just
1: like I enjoy yeah. seeing other people's portrayal of that.
0: Yeah. And I like that sort of thing too, where it's more con, where it's more conceptual than it is. Um, like a person, if that makes sense, or like this, mm-hmm. like a, like a being that can do something, like you know, that's just Ooh. my yeah the way I like it. But
1: I've always seen them as being more conceptual, anyways. Like mm-hmm. like they are a physical being that like their very presence causes something to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always okay. enjoyed that. Like I remember in Supernatural, the Seven Deadly Sins, the Seven Deadly Sin of Sloth, just if he was around you, you just stopped doing anything. You would just sit <laughs> there and die. You know, because you, you were too apathetic to do anything other than die.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Cheery. That's
1: a, sorry, it's a <laughs> bit of a twist from, you know, Passion. you know. <laughs>
0: uh, right. I mean, like, it, bring it all together, I guess. But, uh. I don't know. Man. I should go and play to the moon again.
2: I should play more Pokemon.
0: You should play Undertale, actually, sometime. The game's dope as hell. Probably. But it's, a good, it's, a, it's a good experience, yeah, I know, about Pokemans.
1: Yeah, remember, I need more. to beat the Crown Tundra twice.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you'll be able to do it pretty quick. Maybe.
1: <laughs> Once I knew what I was doing, I was able to fly through uh, uh, Isle of Armor really quick, my second playthrough. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't do it like the secondary tasks, like hunting down the ditto's and all that shit. So,
0: hunting down the ditto's. You know about that? Nope. There's like Don't 100.
1: Bother. There's 105
0: ditto's on the island.
1: You need to find yeah. all of them.
0: right hey. it's pretty dope. Sounds like it.
1: <laughs> I think it's actually 99. Because you find the first one really easy.
0: Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well why don't we wrap it up then all right so um if you want to shoot some feedback send an email to the at gmail.com catch us on twitter at the Local Meta pc uh check out thelocalmeta.com for links to the discord where all the fun's happening in the world um and also there's a link to our patreon if you want to send us a buck uh to show us you love us all right cool john anything else Negatory. Sweet. On that note, we will catch you next time. See ya.